Thank you so much for joining us today. We pray that every message inspires you to become everything that God created you for. Every week, we send a message across the world made possible by incredible people who give generously. If you have not already done so, we want to invite you to join us. Text the word EASY to 94000 or go to newsongscs.com forward slash give and give a one-time or recurring gift and help us spread the gospel from Colorado Springs to the ends of the earth. We hope this message speaks to you in a way that will change your life. Maybe no one cares, but that, that was traumatic for me last night. And um, God watches over us. He really does. Um, we're talking about, uh, so I'm going to sing you a song. It's a beautiful day in this neighborhood, a beautiful day for a neighbor. Won't you be mine? I actually came today and switched shoes. Just like Mr. Rogers style, because it was snowing outside, and I changed into these nice white um, Nikes. They're not Nikes. They don't have a name on them, but they're, they're new. They're looking new. Um, we're talking about being a neighbor, and if you were here any time throughout, you've heard me tell a story that I was one day walking in my neighborhood, and uh, it was after COVID, and I realized uh, a question. And could you put it on the screen? And I don't know if I've gone through all these to make sure we're in the right order, but um, this is a question that that uh, that the Lord kind of asked me, and He's kind of asking it to all of us. I know you are doing so many things to love your neighbor inside the church, but what about those that will never enter to the doors of your church? Like never, they'll never come. They'll never go to any church. They're not, those, they're not church people. And I say, God, I'm doing my best. I'm actually doing a great job. Look at what's going on at our church. You would say this about yourself, about my church. Look how we're, we're, we have a great church, right? And, and God would say, yes, I love that. That's great. But what about those that will never enter? And um, it, we, we get reflective after COVID, and I started thinking, I've done, what, what more can we do? And so I went on a journey of trying to be better at that, like connecting with people outside of church without, without strings attached. It's a different paradigm for me, but I feel like sometimes we keep the strings attached because we want someone to come to our fall festival or to our Sunday morning service, or and sometimes... That's not the way to do it. You don't need to have strings attached. And so I'll, I would talk to different neighbors and different people I meet and never tell them I was a pastor, never tell them about Jesus. Well, what's your problem? Aren't you an evangelist? Pat, sometimes maybe that's what you're supposed to do exactly the first three minutes. Tell them Jesus died on the cross for their sins. I don't know, maybe. But sometimes that's not the, that's not the goal. Sometimes just be a friend. And um, so that's what I've been doing. And um, long story short, um, I feel like God t- challenged us as a church to do that better. We could be better neighbors. And um, it was very strong laid on my heart, like heavy. Like there's no way you can talk about anything else but this for a while. Being a better neighbor. Jesus summarized the whole law and the prophets by saying this. Love your neighbor. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. That is what everything hangs on, Jesus said. Parenthetically, can I tell you 
going to sound like we're saying, well, good job, new song. But I'm not saying this at all. I'm saying God is up to something in our city because of what this other part. After we've been in the series, I noticed something. Actually, my daughter noticed it. Um, I don't know if you know Life Church, Life Church TV. They're the biggest church in America because they, they, they show their services online. And um, it's just perfect. It's just perfect for the whole world. And we have a life church in our town, and, and I've been to it on Easter, and it's a great church. Um, but the pastor, Craig Rochelle, he preaches all over the world, I mean, every week. And so I happened to, or my daughter saw their, their series, and guess what their series is? Neighbor. Love your neighbor. That's what it's about. I went to a... Um, pastor's prayer with our mayor. The mayor had a pastor's, uh, which is really cool. He asked all the pastors to come together so he could have a prayer service with them because our, our mayor is a Christian. His name is Jimmy, and he um, was asked by a group of pastors in our town, how can we do better at helping you? And he said, here is the problem in our town. Do you know what the problem is? We said, yes, drugs. That's a really big one. I didn't realize that's such a problem. Um, yes, um, education, uh, need more teachers. Yes, um, law enforcement. Yes, we need this. And he said, but you know what the biggest problem is in our town? Mental illness. And do you know what the biggest result, reason that for mental illness in our town is? Because after COVID and before COVID, it doesn't matter was the same either before and after. This little pocket of the United States has the greatest suicide rate among kids and second among adults of the whole United States. What's the problem? What's going on? And they have, um, he has studied it enough to see that loneliness is at the core of most mental illness. Loneliness. And so he came to this prayer breakfast, and he said to us, do you know, I have a, I don't know if he said I have a dream necessarily, but he said, I have a vision that we could become better neighbors. And I about jumped out of my seat, because the night before, two nights before, and I and talked to Cynthia about the timing of this, I had ordered on Amazon a book called The Art of Neighboring. And he said to us, so it was coming in the mail that day, he said to us, I want everyone to go out and buy a book called The Art of Neighboring. And what it told me is that God is good. It also encouraged me that I'm not, I'm not a loser. And it also encouraged me that God is going to speak to us no matter what. He's going to make sure we hear things. And I didn't realize how timely it is for our church when this is going on in our city and, and, and in, in churches around the United States. The world needs a believer who is a better neighbor, who understands what it means to love. They need it. And one thing he's going to try to do, an initiative next year, and he's going to ask churches to uh, help him spearhead this, is that he wants to have block parties in every neighborhood. Because it's proven that if you know six of your neighbors, see, all this stuff is like perfect for this time in our, with our service, with our series. But 
If you, it's proven that if you know the names, names of six of your neighbors, you live a longer life. Well, prove that. Just look it up. Just start studying it. You'll see. When you know the people around you in your neighborhood, you live a longer life. And you feel less lonely, maybe less mental illness, less... There's, there's all kinds of benefits. I would love to get behind them with the block parties thing, and I don't know how that'll work. I would much rather it be organic instead of coming from a government uh, mandate. Let's have block parties. But I believe God's going to speak to all of us about how to be a better neighbor. And maybe it's not 20. Maybe it's three of your neighbors you get together. That's a block party. You get to know them. It's pretty cool. So anyways, that, all of that stuff, just to say, um, I, we reason with God about, well, what does it mean to love my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? And then I'll tell this story again real quick. Put it up there. Luke chapter 10, verse 25. The lawyer came to Jesus, and he said, what shall I do to get to be a good Christian, to, be a, to get to heaven, to get eternal life? 26. He said, what is written in the law? And he said, oh, I know the law by heart. Um, that's the, the first five books of the Bible. Um, I'm supposed to, because I'm supposed to love the Lord my God, as in Deut Deuteronomy. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and my neighbor as myself. Jesus said to him, why are you asking me for? You know who your neighbor is. I, you just quoted that verse. And he said, good. You can do this, you'll get to heaven, you'll live, it'll be great. The guy walks away, and then he says, Oh, wait, just one more thing, Jesus, one more thing. Who is my neighbor? Because I want to generalize it as much as I can so I don't have to do that much. And Jesus tells him the story of the Good Samaritan. The guy that gets beat up, the side of the road, people walk by him. No one helps him except for one guy, a good Samaritan. And he says, so that's my neighbor? He says, yes, everyone that's close by you is your neighbor. And I want to ask the question to you, put this picture of the slide up. What really is the definition of neighbor? Because I define neighbor so it easily fits into what I'm already doing. Don't you? Like, I love my neighbor. I'm going, I got eternal life. That's coming for me. I love God. I love myself. I love my neighbor. Good. We're good. And Jesus, I think, would stop us all and say, wait, 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 wait. Do you really? What is the, really the definition of neighbor and loving your neighbor? Next slide. What if the neighbor Jesus is referring to, besides all the other people in your life, could actually be your neighbor? Your real neighbor, the one next door that you hate, that hates you, that you fight with, that threw an egg at your house, that you threw an egg at their house, that pushed over your fence. What if that's your neighbor? There's no way I will be friends with them. I don't even necessarily know you have to be like good friends, but they, you need to love them. What if God is asking you to be a neighbor to the one behind you that watched you every single week during COVID preach a sermon while they smoked pot in front of you and laughed at you. That's my neighbor behind me. They just sat there and laughed at me while I pre preached my sermon in the camera because the lighting was better outside. They watched me, and I'm not making an editorial about smoking pot. If you smoke pot, you live in Colorado, I think it's not good for you. Get drunk with the Holy Spirit. 
okay? Don't get intoxicated with the things of this earth. But um, love them. Love your neighbor. So like last week, we're going to get really intentional, and today we're actually really doing this because I think you've been trying to know the names of your neighbors. So I want you to get out your phone. Even if you don't do this, just act like you're pressing buttons. Make a note. There's a note section on your phone. Just make believe with me. Okay, good. Bethany's like, I've already done this. Okay. We are going to get very practical so we can become intentional. Put that slide up so everyone heard me on that. And here is the question. What are the names of your eight closest neighbors? It's hard to love someone when you don't know their names. If you know one name, put it in. If you know no names, put in the guy that smokes pot a lot behind me. I don't know his name. I'm not to that point yet. And I didn't even plan to ever tell his story because I don't plan to get to know him. I don't plan to ask his name. I don't want to know his name. I don't like him. That's the truth, right? Cynthia would probably even say, yeah. I think he threw pot in my yard the other one, one time last summer, and my dog got it, and my dog got high. <laughs> That's true. That's a true story. We asked the vet, and they said, your dog is high. And we're like, how? He said, did someone throw pot in your yard? I'm like, I don't know. But anyways, what are the names of your eight closest neighbors? Maybe behind you, in front of you, to the sides of you. Figuring them out requires having mildly awkward conversations. This doesn't sound very spiritual, but sometimes practical is spiritual. Jesus was very practical. Sometimes preachers don't get very practical. We just get figurative, and um, it becomes a, um, what's the word that I used before? Metaphorical. The Bible becomes metaphorical of what we should do, but it's actually what you should do. <laughs> There's things in there that you should do. And I told you about two of my neighbors last week, and I have a, another uh, conversation because it requires conversations to find names. And it's usually awkward, or at least mildly awkward, right, to ask someone's name. The one that um, I'm going to talk about happened a few years back, and it wasn't awkward at all. It was actually really easy. We started talking, and since then, we talk all the time. I was on a walk yes, this week, not yesterday. It was too cold. And a few days ago, it was really warm. I don't know if you knew that, but today is really cold. So was yesterday. But three days ago, really warm, really nice. It was like 6 at night. It was dark. I was coming home from walking my dog, Ollie. He was not high on drugs. And... Um, we were um, coming home. If you weren't listening earlier, then you don't know what I mean. So you probably need to listen so you know what I'm talking about. And were you listening earlier? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know why I said that about the drug? Yeah, okay. So um, I said hi to them, and I was thinking, I don't want to talk to you right now because they just got back from a trip. I, I, I got to stop telling details. Um, but they just got back from a trip, and I knew they'd want to talk about the trip, and and the World Series was on. And I missed the entire, like, probably five innings of the World Series it's because they talked. We sat in the middle of the street and talked for like an hour. 
And then our neighbor next door came over, and then she started talking and asking questions. And my point is, we're becoming pretty, actually kind of good friends. We actually just not too long ago became Facebook friends too and Instagram friends. So it's kind of that bubble that you don't want people to know your neighbor. Like, it's silly, but we don't want our neighbor to know our details of where we went on a trip and stuff like that, but we should. So now I know about their lives. We look at each other's pictures. And the Lord has told me, be very careful how you bring up Jesus with them. And it's not time. They have their story of Jesus. And, and so we're just being friends. But I say that story to say often it's awkward, but sometimes it doesn't even require a mildly awkward conversation. It might require just a conversation. Hey, what's your names? And you get to know them, and you be their friend and love them for who they are. There's some stories in the church I'm going to tell. It's amazing, some of you, what you guys have already done. Um, are they here today? Is Marilyn here? Is she here? Oh, yeah. No, different Marilyn. <laughs> Is your Marilyn here, McGee? I'll tell her story another week. Through the last two years, we've grown to be pretty close friends. And part of it is because I have a dog, and they have a dog. And I used to not have a dog. And I'm being very practical again with you, and I'm not saying you need to get a dog. I was very against having a dog, but they were dog people. I was not. And as soon as I became a dog person, now we're way better friends. We can talk about our dog. I don't have to go right into Exodus with them. We talk about dogs for a good amount of time. And that helps. Um, if you have kids, talk about kids. You know, my son is this. My son. People love that. All right? That's a, that's a free, that's a cheat. But if you don't have kids or dogs, um, talk about the lawn or what you see with your eyes. Don't get all weird. Hey, did you see the podcast about the, 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 you know, I'm not even going to get controversial right now with you. Don't go there. Just be like, oh, look at their truck. <laughs> I've done that before. Like, I'm an introvert by nature, believe it or not. I am. And sometimes that's great. If you're an introvert, I'm repeating this, but I'm saying it again to you. Sometimes that's a plus when you're talking to someone. Because if they're a little bit extroverted, then they'll talk. And they want someone to listen. So I say... Oh, did they get a new truck? No, actually, they didn't. That truck is... And we're having a conversation, and all I did was ask about a truck I saw. Look what you see. Now, yes, there will be times um, that it'll be impossible to meet your neighbor. I could have even been one of those neighbors, and maybe you were too. You come home from work, you come home from this or that, and you're tired you drive in the driveway, you shut the, lo the lawnmower, you shut the garage if you have a garage, you go in your house. You don't want to talk to anyone. You just want to sit down and watch ESPN. And that's been me. And I have learned, or I've been convicted, that I need to build in some margin. You need to build in some time in your day to be interruptible. I don't want to be interruptible. Well, God has called us to love our neighbor. And so when you come home, maybe that's not the right time. But sometimes the, the wrong time is the right time. 
And it may be just a quick conversation. You know, this is finally your end to ask them their name. They're out there. I sure don't want to talk right now, but I'm going to walk out and check my mail. I'm just giving you a technique. I've done this. Check my mail. I know that the mail's already been gotten because Cynthia gets the mail immediately. Immediately. Oh, the mailman's coming. He's almost here. I've got to go get my mail. But I go out. Oh, it's not here. <laughs> oh, hi. I, I actually don't care to talk to you. Wink, wink, right? Hi. Oh, hey, how's it going? You know, and you just slowly. And you take your moment. And then you go do your thing. But be interruptible. In your quest for purpose and search for significance, because we all have that search for more. Is it in my job? Is it in my family? Is it in my church? Yes, you can find significance in all those places. But in your search for what is it that I'm here for? Possibly a big part of it is Bob next door. You're here for Bob. No, I'm not here for Bob. I'm here because I'm a good nurse, and I serve those people in that hospital really good. Great. But you're also here for Bob. That's what I, and as soon as you start to reach out to whatever his name is or her name, you're going to start to find fulfillment. You will. More fulfillment than you ever thought. Is anyone agreeing with me or disagreeing? Just say no or yes. Everyone is silent looking like, what are you talking about? But I think you're with me. I'm blessing myself. So if you're not with me, I'm going to leave encouraged today. Um, a scripture that has stuck out to me in, when you're looking at purpose because that's, I think it's really important to have purpose. I would love to preach a sermon on purpose, but really preaching a sermon about your neighbor is really about purpose too. You're looking for purpose. You're looking for more. Don't delegate it to the pastor to find the do the more. Don't delegate it to someone else. You have it inside yourself, and you're going to find something that you wish that you had. And the scripture has been standing out to me. And I mentioned it last week, but I didn't show it to you. Acts chapter 17, verse 26 through 27. We may even be out of here a bit early today. I'm having, I'm having a, a group text of people that are in the room right now. Should I? <laughs> All right. So I won't say that one out loud. But um, here is the scripture. From one man, Acts 17, 26 through 27, he made all the nations that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he marked out their appointed times in history and the boundaries of their land. I'll read the second verse too. God did this so that they would seek him, Bob, so that he would seek him and perhaps find him. Though he is not far away from any of us. Do you know why he's not far away from any of us? Go back to verse 26. Because he set out our boundaries. Where, you're, where you live. Where you hang out. Where you go to work. Where you go to the supermarket. Is not by accident. Yeah, it is. It kind of is. I didn't even want to do this. God, 
You know, I talked to someone today that came to the church. They were on their way to another church. And they showed up here because they saw the sign and they couldn't find the other one. And then they liked it. There's a, I, I believe more and more, and sometimes it's, there's, no, there's no, it's just a coincidence. But, you know, Christians use the word, what do they say? God. Does anyone know this one? God what? Yeah, God incidents, right? God incidents. I believe there are more of those than we realize. If we would just be, if our antennas would just be up, our Holy Spirit antennas, God is like, whoa, I'm here. I'm at Safeway on Tuesday at 3 o'clock on purpose, God? Yes. Why wouldn't you be? Sometimes it's just, just life, but sometimes it's on purpose. He laid out your boundaries where you were to live. Do you think God cares about you? Yeah. Does anyone think God cares about you? Do you think he cares enough about you that at least for the next year or six months where you're living was on purpose? Do you think he made sure you got there? You start looking back at history of your life and you realize, wow, God, you're, you did this on purpose. My daughter's apartment, where she's in, it's a perfect place for her. God knew exactly where she's supposed to be. I had no idea, but God knows for you. You're there on purpose, and I'd ask this, I would say this, put up the slide, the same one from last week, because uh, Megan took a picture of it, and I thought that was pretty impressive, and she posted it somewhere. I'm not saying you need to do that, but God has placed us, put up that slide, God has placed us, um, I need to be ministered to. God has placed us exactly where we are for a purpose, and has given us everything we need to accomplish it. Believe it or not, you don't have to believe it, but it's true, Phoenix. Stop talking about me. Well, I need you to be listening, so. God placed you exactly where you are on purpose. I find the youngest person in the room, and I'll speak to them. Analea's like, I don't know what's going on. But if you don't hear anything else, Analea, read this. This is for you. He placed you exactly on that soccer team, that school that class, with that family, in this church, with your friends, on purpose. Uh, but you know what? I don't have what it takes, right, Analia? It's hard. No, you have everything you need to accomplish what God has planned for you. You think God cares more than you do? Yes. You thought you rent that apartment for affordability. You thought you bought in that neighborhood for the school or the curb appeal. But what if he put you in that exact complex or neighborhood on purpose? What if you become connected to those neighbors so well that perhaps even more connected than your own family, your own church members? When you move from that neighborhood, you miss those people and you might decide I'm going to stay here because I am called to them. I'm their pastor. They're never coming to church. Someone's got to be their pastor. Someone's got to be their priest. We're a royal priesthood. It's what God called you. They're never going to come to Steve's church. He's weird. My neighbors won't. I'm, some of my, I'm just convinced they would never. And I would probably be better if they don't. You know, you're their pastor. Okay. 
I'm almost done, so would you come up and get me out of here? Just say, it's time to be done. How can I do this? I need, I, I needed my water. That would be good to show the, the picture. Can I have some, a couple of people come up with, water, with bottle, bottles of water? And we're going to do like a makeshift little thing here. Come sit on the front row and I'm going to call you. I need another person with a bottle of water. And then I need a cup. Need a cup, okay? How can I do this? I'm introverted. I'm a klutz. I am a klutz. I fell, my lawnmower fell on top of me while I'm trying to mow my lawn in my front yard. I fell off my washer and dryer last night on my head almost. I'm a klutz. I'm, what else did I say? I'm unlikable. Most of us feel that way. Most of us feel insecure. Oh, I'm the only insecure person here? That's what you would think? No. That's why people don't talk to each other. Because they're afraid that someone's going to see them for who they really are and they're embarrassed to be there. Just be happy with who you are. I'm unlikable. I'm not everything God's called me to be. And I would say, no, that's not true. You are. I would go back to the illustration. Come on up, guys. Good job. You guys are being so helpful. And imagine this is, are you coming up to help too, dude? Come stay. You're my, you're, come, would you stand here? What's it start with J? What is it? I never heard it. JP? Yeah, okay. So JP, imagine, uh, our folks, imagine that these two glasses are transparent. We, we we're working with what we got, and it's all part of the charm, right? Okay. And imagine that my glass only has a half a glass of, of, of co- coffee or water, okay? And this is what we do. We walk around with a half glass of his power, and we wonder... You're not the guy yet. Not you. I'm going to pour into you. Or maybe less, and you wonder why you're not filled more. You wonder why you don't have more purpose. Oh, God, I just went through this series, Holy Spirit, and you filled me, but I kind of feel like my glass is half full. The fullness you desire, put the slide up. The fullness you desire might simply require, can you put that one up there? You're, you're doing a great job might simply require walking across the street so the Holy Spirit can pour more into your cup. Do we have that slide? Um, the fullness you desire might simply require, oh, that rhymes, walking across the street so the Holy Spirit can pour more into your cup. If it's not there, it's not there, right? You want more in your cup? Walk across the street. Walk, do something that God's called you. By in your purpose, when you're in your purpose, your significance, your cup is fills up. It fills up. I'm getting I'm getting to there. I can't do two things at once. I'm explaining it, then I'll show you. What if we all caught this revelation? Here, let me give you an example. I got half in my cup right now. Okay, that's good. And um, I'm just wishing I, it was full. It was more full. And then as I start to, and you kind of come over here and pour into mine a little bit higher so that people can see the water coming in, I'm going to pour into your cup. Okay, let's scoot over. And look, JD's getting wet. JP's getting wet. But I'm pouring into his, and what's happening is that his is getting full, and mine is staying full. 
because I'm being obedient to my purpose. The Holy Spirit's all over you, my brother, right? And my cup is still full because the Holy Spirit blessed me by blessing someone else. And Bethany sits here and leads worship. That's all. No. And if we needed it, no, if we needed it, we would... The Holy Spirit has got all kinds of bottles, right? So say say he starts to drink some of his. Would you want to drink any of that or probably not? You don't have to. Okay, that's good. Okay, it's brand new. So it's good water. I don't know where this cup was, but, you know, okay. So come here. Oh, man, now I'm starting to feel more. I wish the Holy Spirit had more to pour into me. Oh, he still, he always has more. The Holy Spirit is always going to be with me and pouring more. And all of a sudden, I feel fulfilled in my purpose. JP, or JD, JP, he's drinking. Drink. Um, you don't have to drink anymore. He's feeling full. He's enjoying it. I've just poured into him. He's my neighbor. We become friends. And, and I don't even know if I even had to tell him about Jesus yet. I've just let the love of God come through me. All right, give everyone a big hand. Good job. Good job. You, get, you can give this one to Phoenix. All right, great. Okay, perfect. What if we all caught the revelation? Put up that slide again. God has placed us exactly where we are for a purpose and has given us everything we need to accomplish it. God bless. You're done. No, it's awesome. Would you bow your heads with me today? Lord, we thank you that you've given us purpose and sometimes we can't find it. Where is my purpose? Where's my significance? And it might be helping the lame man on the side of the road like the story that we're going to get to sometime. But sometimes our neighbor is not just the, the guy asking for money on the corner. Sometimes they're not your neighbor. Sometimes they're just, yeah, I don't know. But sometimes your neighbor is more your neighbor. And the more you pour, the more you soar in your walk. That's a children's pastor thing. But Lord, we just pray that you would use us, uh, not use us, would you pray that we'd be your instruments, that we would play music. sat on my microphone. Lord, help us be instruments that we play our music for the right person and the right way so that they might hear love through it. That we wouldn't just play saying, this is the way I like to play and I don't care if you listen to my music and you like it or not. It's Jesus and he loves you. Help us not to play that way. Help us to figure out what the music is that you're playing through us to that person. And then to that person, we might be classical music. And to that person, we might be country music. But Lord, help us not to be so hard-headed and so insecure that we think we can't be used in all different areas. We can't be that to that person or that to that person. Never compromising that we love Jesus, but becoming masters at connecting because the world is longing for connection even our own 
mayor has said loneliness is the problem in our city because people feel lonely they're afraid to connect let us help be a part of that answer in jesus we want to thank you so much for joining us for the new song podcast one of the things jesus teaches us that when we've been invested in that we should also become investors I want to encourage you that if New Song is one of the platforms where your faith in Jesus becomes more real, go to newsongcs.com forward slash give right now and be a one-time giver or a recurring giver and help us spread the gospel from Colorado to the ends of the earth.